What's up, college football fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. We are here to talk college football with you. I am AJ. That is my brother, Tyler. What's going on this week, man? You're growing a little beard, man. This uh, this kid thing is changing you. <laughs> yeah, a little bit too much time at home, but <laughs> it is good because I haven't missed football in weeks now, so I'm soaking it all in. Attaboy, still getting it done. I like it. It's good, too, because we've had some really good college football games over the past couple of weeks, wouldn't you say? I mean, just um, down to the wire, back and forth action, upsets left and right, and not necessarily a great slate of college football in week nine, but we've still got some good games that we're going to touch on, including one that one of us will be attending in person. So I want to stick around to hear our thoughts on all of those. Before we get into our Saturday Six Picks, just want to remind you guys to share the podcast with somebody. If you would do that, we would appreciate it very much. We enjoy doing the show every week, and we enjoy um, you know, bringing our, our mediocre college football opinions to you guys. So if you would just share those for us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Saturday Six Pod, we always appreciate that as well. So no more messing around. What do you say we get right into it? Want to make some picks? Let's do it. Let's go. 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 All right. Thank you, Mr. Tom Brady. Let's get into it, baby. It's time to pick them. We got six new games to pick this week and a couple of good ones. Want to start in the Big 12. All right. This might not be a Big 12 rivalry game that we see in years going forward because these teams are going to be in different conferences starting next year but one more time let's run it back for old time's sake you got number six oklahoma sooners sitting at seven and oh on the year they're gonna go on the road though got to face off against a tough kansas jayhawks team they're sitting at five and two but it is the road team that is a big favorite here favored by nine are the sooners Got to take them to win this game by 10 or more if you want to avoid that push. Kansas will be without their starting quarterback, Jalen Daniels. We've talked about him on the podcast already. Really electric. Their backup quarterback, Jason Bean, has actually looked pretty well so far this this season. He's got 65% of his balls that he's completing, nine touchdowns to only two picks. But Kansas is coming off a loss last week versus Oklahoma State, 39-32. Can they bounce back this week? against the number six team in the country. What say you? It's going to be tough to do so, man. This Oklahoma team is so impressive to me. I don't think many of us saw them uh, doing what they've done so far this season. I mean, that offense is absolutely electric. And one thing that I'm actually really impressed with Oklahoma is I think their defense has taken a step forward. You know, mm-hmm. now that Lincoln Riley's out of there, I won't yeah. hate on him more, but now that they're out of there, they're actually able to play a pretty decent brand of defense, which obviously they're going to have to do moving forward next season in the SEC, um, which poses a big problem for a backup quarterback at Kansas. And then, and then you're asking this guy to just get into a shootout and try to outscore this high-octane Oklahoma offense. I think that's too much of an ask. It's a really huge uh, thing to be able to pull off, even if it's at home. Give me the Sooners. Cover that nine pretty easy. 
Yeah, this was a tough one. You touched on the defensive side of the ball for Oklahoma. And, you know, last year under Coach Brent Venables, he came over from Clemson, was their defensive coordinator for years, won multiple championships with the Tigers. He comes to Oklahoma and didn't look great year one, right? Like they're six and six. The defense looks like a Big 12 defense. But this year, I think that has been the storyline, aside from Dylan Gabriel and the, the his play at quarterback. I think this defense has looked really good. We saw them, for the most part, kind of shut down a Texas offense in that Red River game. So it is going to be tough for this quarterback. Jason Bean, he's played well. I think you got to try to take some pressure off of him in this game, establish a run. Is there a recipe for an upset? Obviously, there is, but I think it – it's like winning the turnover battle, a big special teams play, you know, kind of the cliche things that we talk about. It's going to be tough, man. I got OU winning this game, but I'm going to I'm going to go Kansas to cover this 9 here. I think it could be uh 34-27 somewhere in there like to where Oklahoma, you're never really worried about them losing this game, but somehow Kansas might get a backdoor cover here. Just to make that graphic look a little bit sexier, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on opposite sides from you here. I like the Jayhawks to keep it within that nine, but uh, we'll take Sooners to win this game outright. I, I have them moving to eight now. All right, let's bounce to the ACC. What do you say we talk about this Duke and Louisville game? Because you know both teams that have lost in the past couple of weeks, but. These are still teams that are ranked in the top 25, and neither one of them has more than two losses. We're talking about number 20, Duke, at 5-2, and two, and number 18, Louisville, at 6-1. and one. The Cardinals are a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The question mark, the big question mark, right, is the status of Duke quarterback Riley Leonard. Uh, it's listed as day-to-day, you know, said they're not sure, kind of a game-time decision type thing. The backup quarterback, Henry Bellin, I believe that's how you say that, didn't look great last week completed just 50 percent of his balls so you know if Leonard isn't able to go here I said it I said it before I like this Duke team especially what they have in the secondary on defense I think they've got some playmakers there but you got to be able to establish a run here I think with Waters and Moore they, they've seemed to have been able to to do that when they need to to take some pressure off of Riley Leonard so I don't know. It's going to be tricky because on the other side of the ball, that Jawar Jordan kid for Louisville, seven and a half yards per carry this year. He's able to get it going on the ground very often and uh, reeling off seven and a half yards a clip. I mean, that's nothing to shake a stick at. So run heavy game, possibly low scoring game, possibly could be a tight one at the end. Yeah, I mean, you touched on it. Even if Riley Leonard is a go for this game, being that game time decision, you know, he's He's not going to be able to do what he's been so successful at this season, which is, you know, when the play breaks down, scrambling out the pocket, uh, finding a man or taking off running. Uh, it being an ankle injury uh, is going to be a severe crutch for him, even if he is able to play. Um, so now I like to look at the flip side of the ball in Jack Plummer because this it's a pretty good Louisville offense. I mean, they're sitting at six and one on the season. It's a very respectable Louisville team this year. And my big question is, you know, it being at home helps him a lot, but he's had some turnover issues this season that I'm kind of worried about. Yeah. He's sitting on 
13 touchdowns and eight interceptions. I mean, that's not where you want to be as a starting quarterback uh, for a power five, number 18 team in the country. Um, So if he's able to take care of the ball, I think you touched on it. Having that running game established with Jawar Jordan will help him. Uh, Hopefully he doesn't have to take as many snaps uh, throwing the ball. But if they can do that, I think that this is a very attainable game for Louisville. But four and a half is kind of a lot. I I don't know if I love that spread. I think I'll take Louisville to win outright, but I'm going to have Duke cover that. I think it's a much closer game than that. Okay, we're going to be on opposite sides again here. I think Louisville is able to have a big day with that running back, Jawar Jordan. I think they're able to take some pressure off of Jack Plummer, the quarterback. And I just I don't trust Duke without Riley Leonard. He's kind of been the star of that program so far this season. You know, a defense. Yeah, the defensive secondary, you know, if they can if they can make Plummer turn the ball over a couple times, like you talked about his issue with that so far. If the if that secondary is able to make him turn the ball over, then obviously I could see this one easily going the other way. But Louisville playing at home. Shorter game. I I think they can win by four and a half. I, I, I like them to, to cover that. I'll go Cardinals on this one. All right, let's get to it, maybe. I'm excited for this one. And it is because I have the pleasure of being in attendance, man. We, we're paying such close attention to these college football games, man. We're buying tickets. We're going to the games. Because that's how much we care about bringing you guys the top-notch analysis. No, I, this is, look. <laughs> We'd be one, there regardless. This is one I go to regardless, right? Number one, Georgia, taking on Florida in Jacksonville. Dogs are favored by 14 and a half. What do you think, man? No Bowers, no problem? Or could this one get tough? No, no Bowers is a huge problem for the dogs. He's their leading receiver. He is basically their entire team um on offense um but that's not to say that other players can't be the solution here uh i don't think that we're going to see as much 12 personnel two tight end sets as we used to uh when brock bowers was in we could also have oscar delp on the field i think it's a lot more um when you lose a caliber player as brock bowers you're talking about his replacement is possibly a freshman Pierce Berlin, Lawson Lucky. Um, the talent drop-off is just astronomical. And I think that you get less of a talent drop-off if you elect, instead of having a tight end in that position, to maybe have an extra receiver on the field, especially when you have the depth in a receiver room that we haven't seen from Georgia so far this year. Um, and then on the other hand, I think... <laughs> This is a beatable Florida team, man, but it's one of those Florida teams where, you know, if you let them hang around, you let that crowd or half that stadium get into it, it could cause some troubles for a young Georgia team. Um, But I think the injury bug for Georgia is finally, you know, we're getting over it a little bit, you know, get some key contributors back. I'm going to take Georgia. I like Georgia big. I think, this is one of those games where Kirby Smart is not going to 
uh, hold back any points. You know, like he is going to score touchdowns until the final second of this game is over. It's that type of rivalry. It's a huge one. Florida is historically terrible at this rivalry, and I look for that to happen yet again. Go dogs. Yeah, I don't know. I'm nervous about this one, man. I For me, it's going to come down to... Wait, nervous about the spread or nervous about the game? Both? I don't know. I think, I think Florida's the best team that Georgia's played so far this year. I think Graham Mertz is playing better than a lot of people are giving him credit for. Now, it's a lot of short stuff, right? It's a lot of dink and dunk. But they they can run the ball pretty well. Etn, the running back, and Johnson. I mean, I like Georgia's run defense. The secondary is really good as well. But it makes me nervous, man. It's just always a tough game. It's one of those games where it's like you kind of throw the records out the window, right? Like it's always going to be a tight one. I don't know, man. I, I like Georgia to win, but. I think 14 and a half is just way too much. I think they haven't covered a spread yet this season. Once against Kentucky. Oh, true. When they like blew them out, they're one in uh, one in five and one. I think they have one push. So I don't know, man. I hate to put a Gators graphic next to my face. Ah, <sighs> but uh, I think Georgia gets it done, but I think it is a four quarter battle, man. I think, I think Mertz is uh, going to play a decent enough game. If we can force them into some turnovers, that's where it might get ugly. But I I don't know. I think 14 and a half is just too much. I think this is a really good game. I think Georgia might try to lean on them a little bit, maybe establish a little bit of a run here. But hey, it's the it's the party time for uh for Mr. Carson Beck, right? He's a Jacksonville kid. He's coming back to Jacksonville to his hometown. So maybe they let him show off a little bit and show out, and they do end up covering this. Who knows? I'm just excited to be there. But uh, unfortunately, I'm going to put a Gators graphic next to my face. I'm going to take Florida to cover 14 and a half, but I got the dogs winning straight up. No doubt about that one. And I believe you did that. I'm ashamed of you. I'm a little ashamed <laughs> of myself, to be honest with you. <laughs> that, Pier- that Pearsall kid is good, though. Yeah, that that wide receiver, I mean... You know, you don't you don't think about uh, about that Florida offense being uh, very good, but uh, you know he, he's developed a little bit of a rapport with Mertz, and uh, as the season wears on, they're able to look a little bit better on that side of the ball. So, um, will be a very interesting game. I think Georgia gets it done, but I think it's close for four. So, we shall see. Moving out to the West Coast, a little Pac-12 action. Maybe the game of the week here. You got two six and one teams. Two top 15 teams, the Oregon Ducks going on the road to face off against Utah, and it is the Ducks that are favored by six and a half in this one. We saw Oregon lose to Washington a couple weeks ago. Utah's looked really good so far this year, only lost being to Oregon State, knocking off USC last week. What do we think? Should be a really good matchup here. Yeah, I'm I'm not even going to say his name. The answer is no. I don't (laughs) think so. Um, if you listen to our podcast consistently enough, you know what I'm talking about here. Um, dude, this Oregon team's looking good. I mean, we, we touched on it. I like that they didn't 
fall too far after losing to that Washington team two weeks ago. Um, I think that they've had another week where uh, last week we, we thought that they would, you know, be coming off of kind of a salty win there. And you really look for them to uh, handle their next opponent pretty handedly. And they didn't. I don't think so. Um, still won the game, but it just it wasn't the impressive win that we thought Oregon would come back after that Washington loss and have. Um, but this is a tough schedule for them, man. And the attrition has got to be setting in at some point for both of these teams. I mean, this is just a very solid Pac-12 conference that we have this year. Yeah. Um, and you still got five teams that are that are in it in this Pac-12 conference race right now. Yeah, and this is going to be such a heavy defensive battle. Um, I think both of these teams defensively match up very well against each other. Um, it's on the offensive side of the ball where I start to see the discrepancies here. Um, Oregon just has a lot more firepower. They've got a very veteran quarterback in Bo Nix who uh, is always going to you know, make the right read and the right check downs. Uh uh-huh switch into different plays at the line of scrimmage, things like that, that, you know, Utah's not going to be affording these these freshman quarterbacks a chance to do. Um, I'm going to reluctantly take the Ducks to cover the spread. And the reason I say reluctantly is it is at Utah. That is a, an extremely hard place to play, um, especially getting late into the season. These people are getting rowdy there in Utah. But yeah. I think this is a very – uh, I think if Oregon can actually get, get something going offensively, it's going to cause a lot of problems for Utah, and I don't know if they can keep up. Yeah, I I think I'm on the same side as this one as you for this one. I think this is the get right game for Oregon. Now we've seen teams go to Utah and have a tough time. Caleb Williams. Yeah, but <laughs> uh. This Oregon team can actually play some defense, unlike that USC team. So I think they shut down this Utah offense. I think the magic runs out for Bryson Barnes and company. I think they have a hard time moving the ball against this Ducks defense. I like Bo Nix to, to make enough plays, to make enough, um, like you said, checks at the line of scrimmage to get the ball to Bucky Irving, that running back, and let him make plays in space as well behind that big offensive line. I think six and a half is not nearly enough. I think they could win this game by two or three touchdowns. So I'm going to take the Ducks as well. I'm going to make this one my lock of the week, actually. Two or three touchdowns. Wow. Yeah, I think it could be a big one, man. I just I think this is the get right game for them. I think this kind of helps us balance out the Pac-12 and really decide who are the big contenders here in that league. So moving on, we got two more to touch on before we're done. We got an SEC matchup between two five and two teams. Number 21, Tennessee Volunteers going to the Bluegrass State. Take on them Wildcats from Kentucky. It is the balls that are three and a half point favorites on the road. Coming off a loss against Alabama. Big loss last week. Big letdown. Kentucky's lost two in a row. Game is not looking as big as it might have a few weeks ago, but Hey, this could be battle for second place in the SEC East here. Does Tennessee have enough weapons on offense to take advantage of this Kentucky defense? Can Kentucky get anything going on offense? 
three and a half for the Vols. Like, it seems a little low. So, I don't know. Maybe something's up here. What are you thinking? Yeah, it's tricky because Tennessee looked really good for the first half against Alabama. I mean, I thought that they were going to pull that game out two years in a row, and we're going to be talking about, like, a top 15 Tennessee team here. Um, And they are still pretty, pretty good. The thing is, and I'll say it again, because I'll ride this one out for the season. Georgia wrote the blueprint on how to beat Kentucky. And then what do we say? Missouri followed the blueprint mm-hmm. and they beat Kentucky. So it's one of those where it's not hard. Tennessee knows what they have to do. It's just whether or not they can execute that. Can they stop Kentucky's run and force a very lackluster Devin Leary into throwing the ball and if they do get some freaking turnovers out of it because he's going to throw an interception and then that's what you got to do defensively if you're Tennessee and then I think the points can come by pretty easily as long as you establish that really good run uh, offense that Tennessee has and the thing is and this is where I think Tennessee slipped up against Alabama last week is they got away from the pass too much and they were looking like too much of a run heavy offense started to look like Kentucky a little bit if anything um so they need to have that good balance but still be able to establish a solid run game that keeps uh those Kentucky safeties from creeping down towards the line of scrimmage Um, if they can do that I think that they have plenty of weapons and the ability to beat Kentucky I'll take the Vols I think three and a half it's just comfortable for me Yeah, I tend to agree with you here. I think, you know, last week we saw Alabama kind of, once they realized what Tennessee was doing in the first half, and that was find Squirrel White and throw him the ball. Once they figured that out, they made that adjustment at halftime, and Tennessee did not score again in the second half. All 20 of their points were in the first half. Alabama makes that adjustment, starts bracket covering Squirrel White, and then they looked really desperate to move the ball in the second half against that Alabama defense. So, no, Kentucky does not have the guys on defense that Alabama has. That's obvious. But if you know that Squirrel White is kind of the guy that that Milton's going to look to when he needs a big third-down conversion, again, like, put your best cover, cover corner on him, bracket cover him a little bit, and force Tennessee to get the ball to somebody else. Now – who is that somebody else we don't know can you stop the run you know we've seen at times that you're able to against florida you were able to against georgia you were not really able to so what kentucky defense do we see i think is the big question i think tennessee is really motivated in this game i think kentucky is on their heels a little bit now kroger field I think it's a little underrated as far as places to play in the SEC. I think that is actually a decent, you know, uh, home field advantage there for the Cats. But I like the Vols here. Three and a half, just not quite enough. I think we'll be on the same side again because I just think Tennessee will make enough plays uh, kind of in a in a four-quarter game to win this one by four or more. All right, and finally, let's head to the Big Ten for a big showdown. Number three, Ohio State Buckeyes sitting at 7-0 and after a big win against the Nittany Lions last week. 
Got to go to the bounce house, though. Got to go to Wisconsin, face off against those Badgers, led by first-year head coach Luke Fickle. They're 5-2. and two. Buckeyes, big favorite, 14-and-a-half on the road. Could be a sneaky good game. Wisconsin's been decent this year. Tanner Mordecai, the quarterback coming over from SMU, has been leading that Badger offense, but it's been Braylon Allen, the running back, that torched Ohio State last year. He's got eight touchdowns on the year. What's the recipe here for a Wisconsin upset? Is it possible? It's certainly possible. Um, I think that you got to get your best day out of your defense. I think you've got to be able to make uh, Ohio State one-dimensional, even if that one dimension is throwing the ball, which they do very well. If you can at least focus your attention on only one aspect of their offense, I think that's very helpful for you. If you can stop Travion Henderson or Marvin Harrison Jr., take them out of the game, essentially. There's something for you. And then I think you got to you got to lean on your running game. I mean, Braylon Allen is probably your best player here right Mm now. Uh, He's got over 700 yards, eight touchdowns on the season. I mean, the dude goes freaking hard. Um, And you got to score points. I mean, you you can't be complacent. This isn't going to be one of those games where you look back and you're like, Dang, I, I left this in the bag. I, I, I should have pulled this one out. Mm-hmm. It's time to pull out all the stops if you're Wisconsin. Because um, Ohio State's just the juggernaut in this matchup. Um, and I expect them to be the juggernaut again on Saturday. Uh, Kyle McCord, Travion Henderson, Marvin Harrison Jr. We'll see if uh, Amike Egbuka is healthy enough. He was a kind of a game-time decision Last week, didn't really see a whole lot of him. Um, so right. hopefully that one extra week helps him. Um, and if it does, and that's just one more freaking first-round draft pick that Ohio State's got on the offense. Um, and then their defense just has to play good team defense. Uh, that's what I look for out of Ohio State. Can you play a good, solid team defense, rally to tackles, make good open field tackles when you're that guy? Um and then just, I mean, forcing turnovers always helps, right? Yeah, I, defense is not the issue. I mean, this Ohio State defense is probably one of the most improved units over last year that we've seen. Yeah. Uh, the defensive side of the ball is not the issue. It's been the offense. Like, we're used to Ohio State having first-round receivers left and right and a first-round quarterback, top-five pick, you know, and they throw the when ball we say over the place. Issue- and they issue when we say issue on offense, I mean, it's still a really good off offense, is it not? I mean, they scored, what, 20 against Penn State, 17 against Notre Dame. This is not a team that's lighting it up. I mean, they, they're able to do just enough to win and kind of lean in on this defense is what I've seen. I just think, you know, if you, if you run into another de- decent defense, which is what Wisconsin is, a team that likes to control the pace of play, that likes to run the ball, they're not asking Mordecai to do very much. He's only got like a thousand yards on the year through through seven games. He's not like he's lighting it up. They're content milking the clock, taking care of the ball, running up the time of possession, and playing solid defense. And that's got them to five and two through the first seven games. Now, if I'm this Ohio State team, where's the running game? 
like you you got to be able to take some pressure off on the court here. And I know they've been banged up at running back, you know, missing some of their top guys like Henderson, but it just hasn't been there. And I'm I'm expecting them to be a two-dimensional team on offense, be able to run and throw when they want to. And it's just not been the case. They've been asking McCord to kind of save the day. And uh, it could spell trouble, man. Like, we expect this Ohio State-Michigan game to be the, the end-all, be-all in the Big Ten, right? And, it, like, they could slip up before they get there, man. It's not out of the question. They've won big games. They've got two top ten win so far on the season got a perfectly good resume for the number one team in the country if you ask me to this point but I don't know man something about this game makes me nervous Wisconsin is a tough place to play I'm gonna take the Badgers to cover 14 and a half I think that's just a little bit too much I do like the Buckeyes to win this game I would be shocked if they lost it but I would not be shocked if Wisconsin covers this spread in fact I'm gonna pick them to do so 14 and a half nah too much Let's go Badgers. I'm going to fade you out, lock it down for the week. I think Ohio State's going to come out swinging, and they're going to put up some points. That's a big daddy lock. A lock at 14 and a half? That's a big daddy lock right there. I like Any it. other team, and I probably wouldn't do so. <laughs> I, I hear you. I like it. That's the thing, though. Winning by 14 and a half, that means you got to score, what, 30, 35, something like that, you know, it just makes it tough. If if Wisconsin is able to score 20 points, could get a little a little scary there for your lock, but uh, I like it. So let's recap them real quick. Oklahoma, Kansas. Oklahoma favored by nine. I like Kansas to keep it a little closer, but we're both taking Oklahoma straight up. You like them to cover nine. Duke, Louisville. I like Louisville minus four and a half. You got Duke covering that four and a half. Did you take them straight up? No, I got Louisville winning just okay. a little bit closer game than we think. Okay, I like that. All right, and then Georgia, Florida. Unfortunately, I have to put a Florida Gators graphic next to my big old fat head, but I like the dog straight up, obviously. You got Georgia covering 14 I'm and all a half. dog. All dog. You're on both of the 14 and a half favorites, so – um, Oregon, Utah should be a good game in the Pac-12. We both like Oregon to cover six and a half. I made it my lock of the week. We're both on Tennessee minus three and a half over Kentucky on the road. And then Ohio State, Wisconsin, we're split. I'm going to take the Badgers to cover, but Ohio State to win. And you made that your lock of the week, saying the Buckeyes would win by 14 and a half. Any final thoughts on any of those games or anything you want to tell the people about? Just find us on social media at Saturday Six Pod. Give us a follow. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll be back for another one. Yeah, just share the podcast with somebody. We appreciate that if you do it. For my brother Tyler, I am AJ, and this was another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. We will see you guys again soon.